this is a special feature. Um, we are in the midst of unprecedented change and uncertainty, and I want to bring you peace in the pandemic. This interview with Stacy Sherman is a working mom working from home who's actually having better luck creating peace in the pandemic with her team than she is with her teenagers. <laughs> and nothing to say about her teenagers, but all of us are trying to manage um, this new juncture. And I love to share stories that give us hope that it's working well. So I hope this brings you a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of peace about how to manage your customer experience in a pandemic. So glad to have Stacy Sherman on the podcast today. Uh, it's a good time to be talking about the customer experience right now because we're in a really strange environment with this lockdown. And Stacy Sherman writes a blog called Doing CX Right, and it's about humanizing business and leading with the heart. This is why I had to have her on the podcast because I think um, bringing more humanity to the workplace, learning how to move from the head to the heart and how we lead ourselves and lead other people is the key to a thriving world, really. So Stacy, give me a little background on your 411, who you are. I know you have two kids in college. We talked about that. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about um, the current scenario, but first just tell us who you are and what interests you in customer experience. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, so yes, I have two kids. So I'm a mom. I have a full-time job uh, leading customer experience uh, in North America for a big global corporation, Schindler Elevator Corporation. And then when I'm not at work, I'm still customer experience focused as, uh, as you mentioned, with doing CX Right, which is a, a blog, but it's been expanding into podcasting and lots of articles and started to write for others like Forbes. And so this evolution has been so energizing and exciting. And it's been my drug of choice <laughs> through, the, through this pandemic. Um, it's really keeping me going. And um, I'm so thankful for my job and my, my side hobby. You know, that's a beautiful thing that um, some of us can absolutely do 100% of our work from home. And I'm glad to hear that it's not affecting your ability. In fact, we were talking about the fact that with teenagers at home, you're actually connecting with more people on the computer than you are with your own family because of different schedules and what everybody's in their own room. <laughs> I know what that's like. It's true. And I can't seem to get everybody to like, let's all eat lunch at this time or, or <laughs> dinner. It's like everybody's especially teenagers, they're just on their own routine. And here I am humanizing business, but I'm also trying to humanize my home <laughs> and build connections here. So it's going to take a little time to get back. I know. Well, and it's good to share that because I'm sure you're not the only one. I have another friend who said that her girls have hardly come out of their rooms because they're FaceTiming with their friends and, and you know connecting with the people who are important to them. We do occasionally force everybody into the dining room for dinner, or we yeah. do what we call dinner theater and watch a movie together, which is still together, yes. even if it's not face-to-face. -to -face. 
Yes, exactly. I love that. Yes. So you have two kids in college and, you know, the unique experience that I wanted to touch on right now is what so many of us are going through. Um, I took a picture of all the shoes by my front door because having all three of my kids home is definitely a change in March. We weren't even going to have our college student home for spring break because she was going to go on a mission trip and not even be home. So now you have the whole family underfoot. You have a hard time getting everybody together, but you had already gotten used to life with an empty nest. So what's it been like for you to adjust to this new normal? Yeah, well, I have to admit that before they both left, I did have some anxiety anticipating them leaving. Yeah. And then once they both left, I was, I was fine. I got used to it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I really got used to it. That's when I got the phone call. We're coming home, and it's till it's going to be for six months, and boom, done. And I'm like, wow. So be careful what you wish for, and anticipation is always worse than the event. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's funny to reverse get used to... <laughs> The empty nest syndrome because now we had a nice quiet house with one kid at home and a really cute dog and now <laughs> it's back to the pandemonium and um, yeah, you know I think one of the important things about having peace in the middle of the pandemic which you saw on my LinkedIn profile it's all over my social pages because I know that we have to find peace especially as moms kind of the guardian of the culture at home we have to find peace within us in order to curate peace. And you probably find that on your team at work too. You manage a team mm -hmm. um, with your corporate job, right? Yes. It's probably yes. easier to maintain peace within that team than it is within the household. I don't know. But what it's are some true. Of the strategies that you're learning from this? Yes. Yeah, so um, I am learning the power of really listening and and really connecting. And even though it's through a screen, it's, it's just even that much more important and more conscious and intentional to be, um, to be connecting. So as an example, um, we'll have our, our, we're actually having more meetings throughout the week than we normally do in, in normal life. Um, we're also prioritizing as a team because a lot of things don't make sense to do right now and they they need to wait so we're prioritizing better we're um brainstorming a lot more because we have some more mental space to do that mm -hmm. and then the most important thing i want to say because really my job it's customer experience but in this particular company it's so much about field frontline engagement, your employee yeah. engagement. Right. So, so that's really where the customer experience team is partnering with the field to deliver customer excellence and all that that means. There's, there's a lot behind that. What are some um, interesting things you're learning about? I want to get really practical about the CX work that you do. How are your customers responding? How are you responding to their needs right now? Yeah, it's, Everything at this moment is safety, safety first. It always is safety first. Yeah. Um, but customer experience and that focus is the next thing because we are passionate about differentiating our brand through customer excellence. And it's a complicated business and it's a, 
very long time business. Um, It's also a male dominated business. So for me personally, and why I took on the role, it was not only a challenge of, of an industry I didn't know before, even though I know customer experience and best practices and the methodologies to bring to the company. But as a woman, the opportunity to be a leader with some of the other women, and there's not a lot, but they're, they're focused on bringing more. That to me has been such a personal, gratifying opportunity. Right, right. That's um, the, the crux of what we do here, <laughs> talking about how women bring their best skills in a male-dominated field. So many women, just like you, are bringing a different perspective. I think it's amazing. And I love what you're doing to connect women. You told me about your um, Women Leaders Making a Difference group on LinkedIn. Um, How are you doing that within the business, within your company? So I have to say that Schindler, the company, um, has created a women's, uh, a diverse, it's very focused on diversity for obvious reasons because it's so male dominated Uh so they have official programs around women in leadership um, inclusion and so I have been fortunate to be um, chosen to be in that program and actually graduating from the 10-month program um, Mm. in a week or so Um, and then I get to be a mentor to the next group so it it's tremendous what I've learned and having a mentors, plural, um, and now being able to pay it forward. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm I'm doing a a women's leadership program for a global nonprofit. It's the same deal. Everyone who graduates becomes a mentor for the next cohort. I love knowing that that's how you structured the program. Um, Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I'm just the participant. Um, There's, you know, the HR team that really pulled this together yeah. And they, they get all the credit for, for making it happen. But I just happen to be a very lucky, fortunate candidate to have been chosen for it. Sweet, sweet. Well, um, I love that because women's leadership is the reason why I do this, um, this whole podcast and the, the articles that I write. Um, but I want to make sure to satisfy the reason why people might have looked up this podcast because we're talking about customer experience in more humanity in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've heard it said that um, companies with women in top leadership tend to have um, higher ratings on culture and even higher revenues uh, because women manage differently, especially with regard to that humanity aspect. Um, how do you think having greater humanity in the workplace, place, <laughs> workplace actually <laughs> impacts the customer experience? What do you think the customer sees differently? Yeah, so I like to think about or, or phrase it as a, a symbol of like, consider Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. I want us to be the Starbucks. And why I use that as an example is, and I'm trying to phrase this in the best, shortest way. So I don't pay for, for Starbucks, I don't like to pay triple the cost for a cup of coffee. I do because of the experience that they provide me. From the moment I onboard or walk in the door Mm -hmm. to them greeting me, um, 
talking to me, personalizing. Sometimes it's the drink. I'm like, I don't know what I want to get. And I describe and personalizing it for me. And then let's say often that mistakes happen, they'll rectify it. No questions asked. Yeah. And it's, so it's the journey right. as I go through the Starbucks experience. And then even when I leave, right, I still have the great product. And so that's to your question, especially as a female, empathy comes very natural and, and listening and adapting to what somebody needs. And it's not pushing my agenda on someone. It's understanding what that person or people or customers, what do they want? What are their expectations? So part of the customer experience, um, job and champions is to really map out that customer journey. What do we want it to be? Go validate. That's actually the real experience. What's their perception at different touch points Yeah, and measure satisfaction. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. I love that. Um, the, the, the whole um, aspect of keeping customers uh, top of mind is something that's not new to me, but, but um, when I talk about it in the context of leadership development and developing teams, it's easy to get lost, isn't it? Um, we start to get our own idea about what the customer thinks. And I love that you were talking about actually creating data out of, of the whole customer experience process. And yes, yes. There's, there's what we call moments of truth. Yeah. And so the customer experience professionals really get to what are the moments of truth in the buying journey or the experience of working with a brand, right. identifying what are those moments of truth and then really digging into what's that experience and then improving it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's a big summary of a lot of detail. Absolutely. Well, and yeah, there's a whole process behind that. I know I, um, there, there are lots of surveys and chopping up data in order to get down to those attributes that actually drive customer happiness. And I was listening to a, a podcast on customer experience and they said um, that it doesn't really matter what your intentions are or what your brand says or what your company values are. All that matters is how the customer feels. And it, you know, even the experience from your interpretation doesn't matter. The only, the only thing that, that is really worth measuring is how the customer feels at the end of your experience. How yes. You and yeah, I, I was going to just say to that point that while I have the academics, the certifications, the, you know, hands-on experience, strategy, et cetera, yeah. at the end of the day, I'm still teaching people the basics Hello, yeah. say hello, say goodbye. Um, you know, when somebody, you know, calls customer care, really spend time with the customer and just get to know them a little bit. Like this is human behavior. Yeah. Well, you know, this makes me really curious, Stacy, because you work for a large corporation. You probably have customer service people on the phone. Um, I've, I've, as a customer, especially in trying to cancel 
flights and cancel rental cars for travel that has been canceled because of this epidemic. Um, I, you know, I wonder about the call centers who really force their agents to follow a script and not to humanize the conversation. Why do you think people continue to do that when it makes me feel actually ostracized as a customer? That is a huge topic, huge, um, and, and is way beyond this pandemic. <laughs> right. Um, so part of it is culture, morale, um, people feeling confident in their jobs, in their skin, right? So yeah. mm -hmm. what I like to do is in different companies that I've been in is really get to know the person, build them up, build up their confidence, yeah. make them own the customer experience because they're the ones on the phone. They're right. so important. Right. And not sound like a robot, but be, right. be, be, use your brain and your mind and your personality. And that's just building people up and then it happens. Yeah. That's a really good point. I, I've uh, um, long said that leadership really is birthed from the inside. I think I just told you about that HR disrupt talk that I did talking about how leadership development doesn't work if we're just trying to memorize a bunch of um, um, characteristics or behaviors, we're going to forget. And if we can birth the, the mindset for leadership and grow the confidence that we need from the inside, help people with the mental processing skills to make really good decisions, then we don't have to legislate everything they say because um, they will have gained lifelong skills. Yes, yes. And I, I have to say there's one word, it might be overused, but I don't care because it's just so much of what I am and what I practice. And that is the word authenticity. Yeah. And, and for me and to what you were just saying, I'm the same person when I'm at home or I'm at work. This is me. Yeah. You too. Now, one, it makes it easy because wherever I show up, it's me. I don't have to pretend anything. It's, it's just me. And I really encourage um, everybody. Like that's, that's to me what customer experience is about is be authentic, be right. transparent. Right. Um, silence is not an option. You know, walk in the customer's shoes, walk in the employee's shoes. Yeah. That's what this is about. It's so true. It's so true. And you said something that I want to come back to when you first started that sentence. You're talking about your own personal rhythms. How do you, as a working woman, a mother of two who are in college, um, you're running um, a team at work and you're also running this blog and podcasts on this side. So how do you maintain the personal harmony between work and life to to really fill up um, spirit, soul, and body and stay energetic for the work? So I am, people who know me know that I am obsessed with being organized. And for good or for bad, it's just who I am and that's how I get the balance. So. Yeah. I do leverage technology, so I do use a couple of tools like OneNote as a digital notebook to write my thoughts down, keep myself organized. 
I do use um, five minute journal, which is um, an awesome app, five minutes a day. You start the morning with three things you're grateful for. And then it allows you to take a picture and keep it in that journal. And then at the end of the day, it asks you three things that you did um, and that you're grateful for as well. And um, it, it prompts you the same question every day, but it, it's such a good, everybody has five minutes. So yeah. gratefulness is another way for that. Um, I do also love apps like Calm, Simple Habit, where it, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's calmness, it's meditation. Um, I do need to get better at instituting it in my life where my home and my work have collided and, and making that space for the things that I used to do when I would leave my house and come back and have a beginning yeah. and an end to things. Yeah, but those are some of the ways that I keep myself structured and and leverage technology that's really good for that. Yeah, absolutely love those apps too. I love the journaling. Um, when we can write things down, it it does something in our brains to actually process that gratitude into healthy cells. <laughs> it's amazing how yes. interconnected it is um, between our, our heart and our, our cognitive um, and motor skills. It's, it's fun that, to see that actually practiced. And um, I love those, those apps. I'm gonna look up um, Simple Habit. I haven't heard of that before. Um, interviewed somebody last week who has a, a, an app that just gives you short meditations and it just helps to take a break. You said you take walks do you, have you been able to keep up daily habits like physical activity in, in order to stay like on your schedule? Yeah, I forced myself to get up from the computer because I'm on it literally the entire day. And I realize my eyes need a break sometimes and my legs. So thankfully I have a dog who reminds me it's time to go outside. <laughs> so, yeah. So that really, really helps too. And, and yeah. the fresh air makes you, you know, really is, is it, it's a great fast uh, morale booster. Yeah, absolutely. Sure is. That's great. Okay. Now, you know, the super smart question that we ask on this podcast at the end of the day, after you've been on the computer all day, um, I, you showed me your, your special um, picture right next to your computer that yes. says life is everything that happens between coffee and wine. <laughs> so tell me what is the first wine you go to in the afternoon when you're ready to end the day? Yes. So I have always been a, a Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio girl, but um, I've been branching out. So um, at this point, um, I don't know if you could see my screen here, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. So I've been... I've been branching out to try new things because that's what this time is yeah. about is doing, breaking cycles, breaking habits, trying new things. So yeah. wine, wine included. Absolutely. So are you typically a Sauvignon Blanc kind of gal or is this new for you altogether? Yeah, this is new for me. I was Pinot, Pinot, okay. everything Pinot. So this is new and I'm enjoying it. Good, good. 
Well, I'm glad, you know, I'm part of a, a wine group that can't meet right now because we can't get together, but um, we've been trying different wines and, and we're, you know, it's amazing the difference within a Sauvignon Blanc between one from California and one from Australia. It, it can really taste the difference, right? Yeah. I'm learning that. Um, I, I do want to tell you a, a trick. Again, I'm all about technology that keeps me organized and, you know, helpful. So one is called Vivino, V-I-V-I-N-O. And what it does is it lets you scan um, with the app, the label. So like, let's say you're out, not now, we're not out to dinner, but when we go back out to dinner and you know, some, a friend brings a bottle of wine that you like, you take the app, it scans it, and then it gives you all the details in seconds and it tells you where you can buy it. Nice. It's a really cool app that uh, I like to use. That's great. I love that. Uh, you know, I keep a, a gallery of wine labels on Pinterest and what I call my, ah. my wine palace. And yes, I've modeled that after Sherlock, but... <laughs> That's great. I love, I love the idea of having an app that gives you all the details on it too and tells you where to buy it. So, uh, and on sale. Yeah, it tells you the best price and it tells you all the details instead of writing it down or right. taking a picture with your phone and then writing uh -huh. notes over. Like, it, talk about organization. It's all in one place. I love you. Man, we could talk organization <laughs> all day long. I am kind of a nut for it myself. In fact, I have to to sometimes just force myself not to be organized in order to make life around me uh, a yes. little bit more sane because I can get a little bit too crazy. Yes. Um, yeah, we're going to have to share some some techniques and, and we're going to have to do this podcast again. We have a lot to talk about, but yes. this is so good to give some people some some things to play with too in our in our spare time while we're home. I'm so glad that you're having successful work from home time. I hope you get that connection time with your kids. I bet once they've had enough time alone, they're going to get bored and they're going to say, okay, how about a big game of risk? You know, there's got to be something that's going to bring them together. And I'm going to make it happen one way or another because that's just who I am. And, exactly. and they're going <laughs> to love it. Well, I have loved having you on, Stacy, And I just hope that we get to talk again really soon. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Hey, I'm glad we could provide you a little peace in the pandemic from Women, Wine, and Leadership. Tune in occasionally. We're going to be doing this again. And if you would like some meditations or to share strategies that people are using to thrive in this very uncertain and volatile time, please go to Facebook, 360 Life Strategies, and you'll find us there. Take care.